Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Hey, family, and thank you so much for tuning back into another segment here on GEMS Podcast. With me in the hot seat today is Edwin Carrion, and here is a bit about Edwin. He is a respected entrepreneur, businessman, and dealmaker. Edwin founded Upscale Development Group, LLC, after more than 20 years of successful experience in various industries. During his career, he served as Chief Executive Officer, Chief Financial Officer, President, and Vice President of several significant privately owned companies. And today, Edwin is going to walk us through his playbook of start to finish of operations for startups, which sometimes it could be scary going from a company that's already established to the startup space, but you'll hear why Edwin is successful at it. And he'll also share some tips and tricks and tools in case this is an area you want to tap into. So without further ado, please welcome Edwin Carry On to GEMS Podcast. Hey, good morning, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever part of the world you're in today and whenever you're listening to this podcast. Genesis, thank you for having me here today. I really appreciate it. And to all listeners out here, pay attention because you're going to get a lot of golden nuggets today. Awesome. And thank you so much, Edwin, for just coming on and sharing your insight and knowledge. But before we jump into our segment on startup operations, we're definitely going to connect with you on a personal level so the audience could get to know you a little bit better. So there are two options I like to do with my guests. The first option is breaking the ice. And the second option is a rapid fire 10 question game. Which would you like? Uh, Let's do the game. I like games. Life has to be fun, so let's do games. Ooh, here we go, y'all. We're playing Rapid Fire with Genesis and Edwin. So question number one, if you could recreate any significant moment in your life, what would it be? Um, the birth of my girls. Number two, if you could go anywhere in the world and money was no option, and here's the kicker, you just found out they're not flying back to your home base for various reasons. Where are you headed? Uh, Miami. Question number three, where are you originally from? Ecuador. Oh, nice. Habla Espanol? Fluently. Okay. Yo habla Espanol poquito. Yo quiero estudiar mucho Espanol. Oh. How does show? I speak <laughs> Russian too, a little bit too. So, dobre utre. Dobre utre. Magdila? You lost me at that one. <laughs> I said, how are you? I'm well. <laughs> Question four, dream car. Uh, dream car, Lamborghini, Aventador, SVJ. Yes, I want a Lamborghini. I don't know the bottle yet, but I want it black on the outside, black on the inside with blue neon lights because that's my favorite color with mm-hmm. the highest RPMs. Oh, wow. <laughs> a black on black, that's boring for a car like that, you know? I know, but, but I just think that something with black is just classic. <laughs> Five. Okay, favorite color? Favorite color, royal blue. Okay. Six, coffee, tea, or smoothie? 
smoothie. Yes, fresh fruits or just like a Jamba Juice or a Smoothie King? Uh, smoothie King, I like Smoothie King. Okay, seven, favorite book? Uh, Business Secrets from the Bible. Oh, that's a good one. I've never heard that one. Yeah, okay. That's a great book right here. Oh, okay. By, uh, is it Robert Daniel? Who's the? Rabbi. Robert oh, Rabbi. Daniel. Okay. Lapin. Thanks for sharing that. Always learning something new. My pleasure. Hey, favorite quote or saying? Favorite quote or saying is, uh, God will give you the desires of your heart. All you need to do is ask. Yes. Nine. If you could have a lunch or dinner with any person, dead or living, who would it be and why? Tony Robbins. <laughs> I know why. Because he has been a big inspiration in my life and uh, someone that I look up to be like. Amazing. Have you been to any of his seminars or live training? I have. I have, yes. Super, super cool. See, next time you go, you just have to kind of weave in with his people and say, I would love to have lunch with him and kind of just set up. I'm, you know, I'm a business owner. I think I have a lot of value to add and just kind of see where it goes. Shoot your shot. Yes, yes, by all means. That's the way to do it. And 10, the pass or play question, but here are the rules. If you play, I ask one last question. If you pass, the roles are reversed and you get to ask me a question. So do you want to pass or play? I'll play. Okie dokie. So you're on a deserted island. There is a gift shop, but your funds are limited and you could only buy one item. And here are your choices. Two bananas and a mango, your favorite TV shirt, and a CD. What are you buying? Two bananas. Yes, substance. I need to eat. I need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for playing rapid fire. <laughs> this was fun. This was very fun. I liked it. Now let's jump into our segment of operations for startups. So Edwin, before you got to where you are now, it's so important that we connect where you came from. So give us a glimpse of your background story. Yes, um, I was born in Ecuador, um, raised by a single mother, came to the United States when I, was 12, when I was 12 years old, did not speak English. So, and also do not come from a wealthy family. So I had to struggle through my life. And I also had to push myself to become the person that I am. Mm, okay. So grew up in Ecuador, single mom, not from, did not come from money, but it's those struggles. And it's so important that we highlight on the struggles because people fail to realize that the struggles actually help us build character and it helps challenge us on where we want to go. Do you have siblings, Edwin? I do. I have two siblings, two brothers. One of them is three years younger than me and the other one is 19 years younger than me. Wow. So with you being a successful entrepreneur, do you think that you're paving the path for your younger brother or um, did your older brother pave a path for you just seeing some of the things that he may have accomplished? Well, I'm, I'm the oldest of three. Oh, okay. You're the and oldest of three. Yes, okay. I'm the oldest of three. And, it, and it's so different because, you know, we're, we're both raised the same way. We're, uh, at the beginning, when we're younger, it's just my 
my younger brother and myself, we're all raised the same way. My mom raised us the same way, same values. And we all take different paths in life. Um, and, and we choose, you know, some of us choose to be more successful than others. And success com comes in different ways and in, in many different ways because we all have dreams. And I think one of the most important things is that it's not the success of how much money somebody has, but it's the success of, you know, are you fulfilled in your life? And I think when you realize that um, is when you could compare yourself to your siblings or to somebody else, you know, maybe they don't have as much money as I do, but they're happier in these areas in life. And that's all that matters. You know, that's when you're really successful in life. Absolutely. And you hit on a big component there because what success looks like for Edwin is going to be totally different than what success looks like for your siblings. And each one has their own relationship with success, but then also laying a blueprint for those that are coming besides and behind us and just the future generation is legacy and just really having that sturdy foundation. So that's why I asked that question because we never know how our siblings are analyzing what we do and what they're gleaming from our experiences. So at what point in your life did you decide, you know what, I don't wanna work a traditional nine to five. I don't wanna build someone else's empires and dreams, but I wanna build Edwin's empires and dreams. So. What did that look like for you? And what got you started on the entrepreneurship journey? Um, well, the, the thing that got me started in the entrepreneurship journey was I, I was at a very young age, 14 years old, and we were living in an apartment building. And I wanted to help out my mom, being the oldest uh, out of two, being you know the man of the house. I, I knew that I could not be a burden to my mother. So I realized that I need to go out there and just kind of make some money for my own. So what I started doing was, started washing cars. And I liked that because it was easy money. Go out there, wash a few cars, then hire a few of my friends to wash the cars. And now I was delegating. I, wasn't no, I was no longer washing cars. I was being a salesperson. So just going door to door, just getting the customers while my friends were washing the cars. So that lasted for a little bit, not too long until I was able to, to get the amount of money that I needed to buy the beeper that I wanted at that time. And then from there on, I went to work at, at Winn-Dixie. And when I worked at Winn-Dixie as a bag boy, within a couple of weeks, I became the head bag boy. And I was in charge of all the bag boys, like doing their lunch breaks, setting up the schedules and everything else. Then I realized that, you know, it's okay if you work for somebody else, but it's, you have to become dependable. Because the moment that, that you're independable, that means they don't need you anymore. And then, you know, they could fire you at any time. So I figured since the beginning that I started working for, for Winn-Dixie that I needed to make sure that they need me. So every time that they needed me, my job placement was secure. My, my, I had a security there. Um, and that was like, you know, be, being, being uh, working for somebody else. From there on, I became a DJ. And I, I grew a DJ company from just myself working, having 10 DJs working for me, working at radio stations, clubs, having an, a whole entertainment company, working for an attorney uh, as a secretary. And it was fun because I was the only guy and everybody was girls, like all the paralegals. Or girls, I was like the secretary of the whole office. Besides the attorney was an attorney as well. And, and working for somebody else was not bad. I liked that part. And uh, I'm sorry. And one of my, one of my, um, one of my dreams and one of my goals was to be a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. So when, when people talk about building somebody else's dreams, it's okay to build somebody else's dreams as long as you're creating value and as long as you're getting compensated and as long as you're happy, right? 
because it's okay to build somebody else's dream. But the problem is that a lot of people, they just want to go on their own and they don't have a plan of, su of success. Or they just go work for somebody and they think they could do better, but they don't know all the struggles that they go through. So to me, what I like and the reason I decided to stay on the entrepreneurship side was that you know, I need to have the I need to get the experience that I need to have to eventually maybe go work for a Fortune 500 company and create the value that a lot of people that just you know go from straight from college working for companies and they grow up the corporate ladder don't have that entrepreneurship experience. And it sounds like you already had the drive in you at a young age, whenever you started the car wash and you began to delegate that to your friends and then you went on to the DJ and you began to you know, delegate that to your friends. So it's like that drive and passion was there, but then your work ethics came from working in someone else's business and learning the ropes there. And it sounds like you applied what you learned working for someone else's business and doing a good job at it and making sure that you were dependable, you were reliable, making sure that you weren't complacent. So you always sought out for more and that drive and tenacity helped you where you are now. Would you say that's a good summary? Yes, that, that's part of that. Also, um, be, being in the Marine Corps, being a Marine, uh, I learned some values that I still to today, I carry those values. And to me, having values in life, I think is extremely important because nowadays a lot of people don't have the word. They don't keep their word. And, and that's one of the things, you know, it's having word, having values. And, and to me, my values are honor, courage, commitment. And those are the values that the Marines have. And, and those values, whenever you instill those values into anything that you do in life, you know, you, you're able to go further in life by having those values and make sure, making sure that you're true to your values. You know, one of my other big values was that I'm, I'm you know, I'm a huge believer in God. And I put God as number one in my life. And I, I call myself a God-made God millionaire. Before I used to say that I was self-made millionaire because I wasn't giving the grace to God. And I thought I did it on my own. But then I realized that, you know, because of God was, I have all these things in my life, what I have right now. So being true to the values, when I started speaking about my faith, when I started, you know, telling people about my faith, you know, people were like, my God, you're such a, you know, you're such a successful entrepreneur why do you talk about God? You know, how come you say God, the God this? And, and people are afraid to talk about their values and to stand with their values because they're afraid what other people might think. But the moment that you start being true to your values, you start growing because that's, you know, your circle becomes stronger because the people that surround you are the ones that share your same values. Absolutely. And whenever you know who and whose you are, and you remain true to your values, that's a part of your character and that's building up around you. And once you are deeply rooted in that, your business is going to flourish because you're not going to allow counterfeits, um, whether it's counterfeit voices, counterfeit businesses, or things to sway the way that you operate in your space. So when you think about um, the startup industry, what are some of the challenges that you face whenever you are going into the startup industry that's outside of, you know, that nine, that nine to five? What are some of the differences between the two? And of course, compensation could be one, um, trying to find the right people, T&D, training and delivery. And then maybe if you're going out for a VC, a venture capital or a joint venture, some of those could be challenges as well. So walk us through from your 
experience and expertise, what that looks like. Okay, so, so on that sense, um, the biggest struggle is that, and I will tell you like what I noticed, what I realized when I talk to and when I mentor a lot of entrepreneurs is like, they always start out with a plan B. And I, I think to me, that's the biggest thing, you know, the, the biggest thing that I noticed that is why are you starting with a plan B if you want this to, to succeed, if you want this to work out, right? So there should be no plan B. You know, your plan should be that I'm going to do this and I'm going to make this happen no matter what. So it's like you start without faith. You start with a plan B, meaning that, you know, you're thinking in your head in your subconscious mind, you're setting yourself up for failure. Why? Because you're saying, you know, if this doesn't work, if this doesn't work, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. So, so that's one of the biggest things. The other thing, too, is that. A lot of people think that, hey, because I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm starting my business, you know, um, life is going to be better. And it's not that way. You know, life is a, as an entrepreneur, life is a roller coaster. There's times that I have a lot of money coming in at once and there's times that I'm struggling, you know, for, for months. And my wife knows it that, you know, when I'm stressing is because I don't see the, the, the amount of money that I need to see in my account every time. And, and that happens, you know, that, that's a cycle that I always continue year after year. You know, there's. There's times that their money is all the way up here and then there's times the money is here. Why? Because I make sure that I don't keep any money in my accounts because if I keep money in my accounts, I'm going to spend them. So I, what I do is I continue investing. I continue reinvesting and I continue growing. But those growing ha- comes with growing pains, with risks that entrepreneurs don't see that at a, uh, you know, when they really start. Uh, they, they see, hey, you know, I see this person doing this. I could do the same thing and I can make a lot of money. And they don't realize that they're going to make so many mistakes because they fail to hire the right mentor. They fail to hire, to have somebody that teaches them and takes them so they they cut the learning curve. Yeah, and so as I'm thinking and processing it, it's like sometimes people want things so quick and they they fail to realize whenever you get something quick, you lose it easily because you didn't put in the hard work in order to work at it. But whenever you are consistent, whenever you are persistent, you take time to do your due diligence, you research it, and you begin to acquire it over time. It's sustainable because you know the blood, the sweat, and the tears that you put in it. You know how you grew from the struggle pains. You knew how you learned from the failures and the learning from those failures helped you with your successes, right? Yes, definitely. And then, so I know some of the areas that you focus on with operations of startups is development, design, the organization structure, legal, financial, marketing, capital financing, and strategic um, negotiations with clients and vendor partners. And whenever you think about those, sometimes whenever you first start with your business, entrepreneurs fail to realize you're the only one. So you're working in your business, but then there comes a time where you need to transition from working in your business to working on your business. So you can begin to scale your business in an effective and efficient manner, whether it's via outsourcing, hiring a team, and then focusing on other areas where it's your zone of genius. So can you break those down? Yes, yes. And you said it the perfect way. Now, when you start a business, we wear all the hats. We're the ones that are wearing all the hats. You know, we're the, we're the janitors, we're the accountants, we, we do everything. And as your business grows, you need to realize that you cannot grow by yourself. 
And, and that's what I meant a minute ago when I said, you know, that I, I was not, I am not a self-made millionaire because I did not get to the point where I am by myself. I have to have a team that supports me. And you need to realize that a lot of people, you know, they become good at it and they think nobody else could do their job. Nobody else could help them out. So we need to let go and we need to start delegating, handling people off tasks that we know we're not excellent at, but also tasks that are not going to help us grow our business. So for example, if I know that my superpower is sales, I'm not going to spend my time doing bookkeeping. So what I do is I hire a bookkeeper to handle my day-to-day books. So now it frees up maybe four, two to three hours a day. So I could focus into bringing money to the company on the sell side. If I'm good in the business development side, then I figure out, okay, you know, this is what I want for my business. If I'm the architect of my business, I'm going to say, this is the vision that I have for my business. This is what I want. And then I start finding the people that I need to put in place to be able to scale the business the way that I want. And that's why a lot of people continue working. You know, their business owns them for many, many years and they don't get to the point, you know, they're, they're happy because they're making a lot of money but they never have a free time. And I know so many entrepreneurs that own businesses that make good money. But when you tell them, you know, during a weekday, you tell them, hey, let's go have some, you know, let's go drive around or let's go out on the boat on a Tuesday afternoon. They can't, why? Because the business, they're so stuck to the business that they cannot let go. Because the moment that they walk away, their business just fails completely. Absolutely. And I think that as business owners, you have to look at the realization. Yes, your business is growing and you're scaling, but if you're the one person keeping it together like glue, then that's not really a successful business, in my opinion, even though you have the revenue coming in, because you have to have a balance where you could take time to step away from your business and don't worry about your business crumbling without you being there. That's the whole point of being a business owner. Like, think about all the successful business people, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, some of the ones that came before them and the ones that are going to come after them, they realized that they couldn't do it by themselves. They realized that they needed a team. And now you see them diversifying. You see them giving back to charity and stuff. But do you see them every day working in their business? No, because they built a plan from the beginning. And then as they grew, they revamped that plan and then they diversified and they hired the right people and put them in the right positions in order so they could continue to scale and grow. But then they could then take their time, which is valuable and put it somewhere else. Right. And, and also hiring the smarter people than you. You know, you always hear the saying, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. And I realized that with time, you know, with time, you realize that the people that you hang around with, you know, if you seem to be the smartest one, you're not growing. So you need to change those rooms. And, and when you change those rooms, when you change the, you know, the, the network, uh, at the beginning, it felt uncomfortable because I felt uncomfortable. I felt happy when I was around the room of, you know, and I was the smartest person. I was the most successful. When I, when I started moving on to the rooms where everybody else was more successful than me and everybody was smarter than me, at the beginning, it felt uncomfortable. But you see the growth right away because now it gives you that drive to level up to their level right away. 
Absolutely. It begins to stretch you. You're, you're stretched personally and professionally, and you level up your thinking because you see how the people that are in the rooms with you are doing more and you're eager to learn more from them. And I think that that plays into mentorship, sponsors and advocates. So as you were going through your process, who are some of the mentors that you leaned on and how have they helped you? Oh, I have, I have a lot of mentors uh, through my life, not only mentors in, in business, but mentor, you know, in, in relationship, mentors, uh, as far as getting closer to God, mentors, as far as doing the things that I want to do. So, so in life, you have to have different mentors. And, and when I mean mentors, they don't have to be specifically paid mentors, somebody that you pay to, but there's people that you look up to. You know, nowadays we have so much access with social media to all these people that, you know, if you follow somebody that you want to look up to, you know, that's your mentor right there because you're following and seeing how they're living their life to see how they're doing. And, and to me, you know, that, that is so beautiful today that we have access to this. And all we have to do is ask, you know, like, just like you mentioned at the beginning about Tony Robbins having the lunch, just ask the same thing with that. You know, there's a lot of mentors that I have reached out to and asked, I'm like, you know, you're doing a great job. Thank you for this. Hey, um, and, and you ask questions and, and they're so humble to, to answer the questions that you want. And, and the moment that you strive to be like them, you know, you, you continue leveling out yourself. Um, so, th- so those are my mentors. I have mentors, again, a very good friend of mine. Um, he, he's been married for 30 years. He, you know, he's a great family man, successful, extremely successful business guy. But to me, I look at him not because of the business part, but I look at him of the, of the relationship that he has with his wife, of how good of a father he was. And that's who I want to be, you know, especially growing up, uh, being raised by a single mother. I want to be the best father that I could be. And to, to him, that's one of my role models. That's one of my mentors. And I ask him, hey, what did you do? How did you do this? And, and listening to his stories, just kind of get, get that, that gets in the back of my head. So when something similar like that happens, I know how to react to it. Absolutely. And I love the fact that you said mentors don't always have to be paid. You could have formal mentors, informal mentors, just like whenever you're going through, you could have a business coach, you could have a therapist. There's so many different people that come into our life, but also be mindful of um, why those people are in our life because people come for a reason and some people come for a season. And another thing that I would say, whenever you have a mentor-mentee relationship, make sure you're both adding value to one another so you're growing together. It's not just the mentor that's giving you information. You could give them information back and build that partnership and really have effective synergies because it should be a two-way street. Yes. And now let's jump into our call to action part of the segment, Edwin. Once the audience hears this recording, what is a challenge that you have for them? And then tell them how they could connect with you via your website and where you primarily hang out on social media. Okay, so you can find me at edwincarrion.com. That's my website. Um, I haven't said this up yet, but I'm actually talking to my mentor. He told me to put a, a nine-step guide together to teach you uh, how to become successful in life and in business. So I kind of, I'm, I put that guide together so once you go to my website, you're going to be able to sign up for it and get that, that download. And then I'm going to have some recordings with it, which I'm going to take you step-by-steps on the nine steps of how to become, how, how, to, how to fulfill your life and your business to become really successful. Um, so find me at edwincarrion.com. And then if you want to see my day-to-day crazy life, it's in social media, Facebook, Instagram, edwincarrion78. And then you see, you're like, well, how does this guy run so many multi-million dollar companies without working? 
because I barely work and a lot of my time is spent with my family, my kids, and just me enjoying life to the fullest. Because that's the message that I want to bring to people. I want people to understand that you have to live life to the fullest. You have to bring your childhood dreams back to reality and make those a reality. You bring them back. Because you, I know when you became an adult, you put those aside, but it's never too late to realize and accomplish the dreams that you had as a child. Absolutely. And listeners, all of Edwin's contact information will be in the show notes so you can connect with him. And I'm going to spell his last name for you. It's C as in Charlie, A as in Apple, R as in Richard, R as in Ricky, I as in Isaac, O as in Open, and N as in Nancy. Carry on without the Y. And I just, Edwin, I just want to thank you so much for just coming on here today and just sharing your insight, your wisdom, and dropping gems for the audience. And I hope they resonate with your background and some of the incredible things that you've shared. Listeners and viewers, you can find this content on 40 plus platforms. You can see all videos by going to YouTube and typing at Gems with Genesis of Mars Kemp. And lastly, but not least, thank each one of you for tuning in and supporting the mission, which is to bring educational, inspirational, and motivational topics on a consistent basis as we interweave diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it takes all of us coming together, no matter where you're from, no matter what your background is, or et cetera, to make this world a better place. So until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. And I challenge you to do something new so you can level up in all areas of your life and live life on your terms. Live, live the life you love and love the life you live. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcast.